Hi, I'm Jason, and this is another episode of Rewind and Review. And I'm joined once again by my partner in crime, my co-host, Rob. Hello. Yes, I am one very useful mammal. Hello, Jason. How are you? <laughs> Good, Mike. Good. <laughs> Welcome, everybody, to uh, Rewind and Review, the retrospective podcast where we have a look at an existing property from the past, delve into its legacy, discuss how it's held up over time, and even give our own personal experiences. Did we watch it as a kid or sometime later in our lives? Yes. This episode of Rewind and Review will look at a film that took the prison break genre to brand new soaring heights soaring um celebrating its 25th anniversary this year in 2022 this action thriller blockbuster became a cult classic particularly among nicholas cage aficionados uh so fasten your seat belts ready the fire extinguishers and put the bunny back in the box as we <laughs> rewind to the year 1997 Swinging 60s, here I come, baby, yeah! Go back to then. When? Now. 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 Ooh, ah, that's how it always starts. There's definitely a very slim chance we'll survive. with volcanoes erupting in Los Angeles, dinosaurs running free in San Diego, and giant cockroach aliens terrorizing New York City. 1997 was the year we saw a plane full of escaped prisoners crash into Las Vegas in the action thriller blockbuster Con Air. That's right. Uh, written by Scott Rosenberg, produced by Jerry Bruckheimer, and produced by, um, directed, sorry, by Simon West in his directorial debut. Con Air featured an all-star cast, including Nicolas Cage, John Cusack, John Malkovich, Monica Potter, Steve Buscemi, Ving Rhames, Dave Chappelle, Cole Meany, and Danny Trejo, just to name a couple. Um, now, be warned, if you haven't seen Con Air yet, uh, but you do want to, uh, please go do that first and then come back and, and listen because we are going to be talking spoilers. Recently returned U.S. Army Ranger Cameron Poe, plays by Nicolas Cage, accidentally kills a man in a drunken bar fight defending his pregnant wife, Trisha, played by Monica Potter, and is sentenced to seven to ten years in prison. On Poe's release day, a group of the world's most dangerous criminals led by Cyrus the Virus Grissom, <laughs> played by John Malkovich, uh, stage a mid-air breakout on the prisoner transport airplane that Poe and the fellow inmate Baby O, played by McKelty Williamson, are also passengers on The Jailbird. Yes, so Poe must work in secret to try hold up the prisoners' escape plans in time for U.S. Marshal Vince Larkin, played by uh, John Cusack, um, giving, to give him a chance to bring in the reinforcements, all while trying to save Babio from a diabetic attack and protecting the female prison guard Sally Bishop, played by Rachel uh, Ticotin, and the other guards from the convicts. Convicts on a plane. <laughs> Convicts on, on a plane. Yeah. Oh, the title makes sense. Yeah. No. Okay. Mm. Um, Rob. Yeah. Cult following, right? You know. Yeah. One of those movies. One of those movies. Where? Yeah. Where do you stand 
with Con Air. <laughs> cool. So, you know, so I, I, I was of age, you know, when, when this, this movie kind of came out, I was, I was a teenager. Um, I was the target market for this. So I saw this many, many I've seen this many times. Um, I've seen this, you know how people say that this is, you know, there's a um, Nicolas Cage kind of, you know, uh, I guess the Trinity, the Holy Trinity is, you know, face off Con Air and then the other one, The, the Rock, you know, they, they, they're the, the three big movies that he did in this, this kind of period. I watch those all the time. So this movie, I've seen this probably oh, at least 50 times. If not more, so we wow. had a we had a VHS. Yeah. 50, 50 times. Oh, absolutely. So, and I'll tell you why. So, Holy it used shit. to play on GWN Channel Seven like regularly, right? So you'd probably see it like as in it would be televised like once a year, if not more. Sure. sure. But we had a VHS tape, and so when I was watching um, Connie, you know, just a couple of days ago to uh, to prep for this episode, I was watching it. I was watching it streaming on Disney Plus, and there was you know the bits in there where. One, I remember where Channel Seven would take out swear words and 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 dub them over, um, uh, and also where the ad breaks were, and it was just a pleasure to watch them with watch this movie for probably the first time in I don't know years and years and years without any ad breaks or anything in it because the VHS was what I watched it on. Right, was it a copy that we recorded? Yeah, because you were watching obviously the Disney Plus unedited version, which yeah. is a weird sentence to say um was yeah. it kind of like watching it for the first time like no like no watching the did, real did, version no i did see the real version anyway but um it was just more my repeat viewings were the the vhs channel right. 7 version so you know when um when uh that daa agent dude who owns that flashy car played by colm um Meany, i think it is um when he says this is fucking spectacular Channel Seven dubbed that, or, or not, not Channel Seven, but it, you know the censors dubbed that. So this is, it just says this is spectacular, but you see him mouth the whole word. So yeah, it was, it was interesting watching it this time because I was watching, oh yeah, just get it, getting getting the, the true version of it. Yeah, you know, we're getting, used getting to the, the appreciation for it. You're used to the TV version. That's why. Yeah. Um, what, what, what about you? What about you? We we might be making um, podcast history right right now today. Oh goodness me. I have never seen Con Air before. No way! <laughs> this, oh my god! This was my first time. Uh, That's amazing. Confession time. Confession time. Um, and I just want to put it out there. See, like, see, it's usually me. It's usually me who I, I don't I, usually watch, watch the movies we review. Before, <laughs> before we really get into it, um, I completely understand. You know why this developed a, a cult following. You know, like. Yeah. Um, uh Nicola, nick cage man like i get it it's like there's there's this thing about him that even when he's the craziest nuttiest um he can be yeah. that he is just pretty damn amazing and you just can't help but love what he's doing um especially this this era you know yeah the, the age of nicholas cage you know having like, said oh. that having said all of that though yeah this was this was an experience. <laughs> it was an experience. Uh, I'm not going to show my hand right now, but um, this, this was this was something. Um, oh, well, I'm excited to hear, hear your thoughts on it. Yeah, well, yeah. Look, I just 
I just hope I don't upset anybody. <laughs> You're not going to upset anybody. It's, it'll be fine. All right, well, let, let's let's have a look at this movie then. Um, do you want me to take some of this stuff? I'm happy to uh, lead wait, some of this. Like. Lead, us, lead us with the budget, box office, all of that. How did, yeah. the, money, how did the money go? So I have to admit, I was surprised by this. So it cost $75 million to make this movie. That doesn't surprise me. Um, so that's $1996, kind of thing. But it only made $224 million. Like, that, that surprised me because I honestly thought this was a much bigger, like, box office taking. It still performed well compared to, you know, other other films. But this was actually released, like, I think it was only, like, six weeks before Face Off. Like, so, you know, like, the box office was, like, kind of in Nicolas Cage fever at this point. But... I just honestly thought it earned more than $224 million. Yeah. But anyway, that's what it did. But yeah, so. there's a, you, you bring up a good thing there. Like, if you think about it, just weeks, just weeks before Face Off yeah. came out, you know, like not only were they released in the same year, but the same month. Like, yeah. what a wild time to be alive. Um, Great time to be going to the cinema, that's for sure. Yeah. And again, before we get any further with this, I love Face Off. <laughs> Before all the hate comes in, I love Face Off. It's ridiculous. But the question, the, but the question is though, when, when did you watch? When did you watch it? How old were you when you watched Face Off? Like, come on, like ten? Because, <laughs> <laughs> because I honestly feel that this movie is one of the. It's just like Face Off. It's one of those ones where you kind of have to be at a certain age watching it for the first time to really you kind of be, really you have to enjoy it. Um, but look, yeah. let, let's let's see what. Not us. What did the world say? What did the world think of it? Um, Rotten Tomatoes has it at 56%. That's an average of 5.67 out of 10 based on 66 reviews. Metacritic, 52 out of 100. That's 23 critic reviews there. Um, In summary, basically the consensus is Con Air won't win any awards for believability. (laughs) All right. True. Um, And (laughs) all of them seem uh, cheerfully aware of it. So that's that's credit yeah. there. Uh, making some of making some of this blockbuster action outings biggest flaws fairly easy to forgive. So in translation, yeah. it's dumb, yeah. but it's fun. Um, yeah. Roger Ebert awarded it three <laughs> out of four stars. So I mean, if this man is yeah, <laughs> that's almost full marks. That's almost full marks. He says mm-hmm. it moves smoothly and with visual style and verbal wit. Um, despite mixed reviews, um, the cast, uh, score, and action sequences were generally praised. I can't disagree with any of that. <laughs> anything that's anything I mean, just been said. <laughs> like visually, and like on a on a production sort of what's actually produced. Mm. This is a well made movie. I'm not. I can't oh, yeah, sit here and deny any of that. Like. It's quite yeah. polished. Um, I mean, I was, I was like, you know, when I was, I was like, this was 97. I was like, it's quite, uh, you know, it looks quite up there. It seems more expensive than it is. Um, you know, I mean, there, there, there may be some editing choices, especially, you know, in the third <laughs> act or the, what I'm going to call the well, epilogue um, action sequence. <laughs> um, it might as well yeah, be that, an epilogue. That climax is, a, it is, it is a bit choppy for sure. It gets but, a little uh, bit. Yeah. I'm like, but for the rest, for the most part, I'm like, nah, this is pretty well pieced together. And, you know, there's some interesting things that they're doing with the, with the camera work mm. and stuff like that. And 
Yeah. And and to think this is also, you know, um, this is, um, oh, what's the director's name? We, uh, we just said Simon West. Um, so is he's director of debut. I mean, not a bad debut, really, not I bad, reckon. Not a, yeah. And look, he's got the, he had the backing of, you know, like the, the big Mr. Jerry Bruckheimer Bruckheimer and all yeah. that kind of thing. So, I mean, like, you know, he was guided. Yeah. It's good. Uh, but anyway, you've yeah. got, um, you can go through the awards. That yeah. So it, 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 won, it won awards. It won awards. It was nominated for quite a few as well, but some standouts. Um, so it was actually nominated for two Academy Awards. Um, now, hang on a legi- second. Legitimately. <laughs> hang on a second. Sorry. Yeah. Con Air. Yes. Con Air. Academy nominated. Award nominated film. Conair. <laughs> Correct. Correct. Two, two of them. Um, so two, um, it didn't win them though, but um, it was uh, Best Song um, for uh, you know, How Do I Live by Trissy Yearwood um, and Best Sound ed- um, Editing as well. So, I mean, yeah, I can see it. Like they're, they're two elements that are, it's not a bad song and, and, and it is, it's a well put together movie. So I can get but it. It's a pretty but good song. It's a pretty good song. It's, not, I'm not gonna... it's definitely not winning any um, acting or, uh, or uh, supporting acting <laughs> um, awards, but, but uh, anyway. No, no, no screenwriting, so... no screenwriting awards. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, um, although I've got some comments about that later when we talk about characters, but anyway, um, so it was nominated for a Grammy as well for um, Trisha Yearwood's version of um, How Do I Live. Uh, completely understand that. And it's also nominated for Saturn Awards for Best Supporting Actor for Steve uh, Buscemi, which is quite a compelling character, so I can see all this. Now, what it did win, it did win Golden Raspberry Award for Worst Reckless Disregard for Human Life and Public Property. What an award category that is to win and we're talking about raspberries here, so come on. Now, I also did read as well, it's not in our notes here, but I did read it just before we started, that apparently um, it was nominated. Um, that Tr- Trisha Yearwood song was also nominated for a Golden Raspberry as well. So it got an Oscar, <laughs> Oscar nomination and a Golden Raspberry. <laughs> so, yeah, you, you know you've made it when you get one of each. <laughs> but what a, um, what a category. Worst reckless disregard for human life and public property. I have to admit, in all of the episodes that we've done, so what we're on seventy-five episodes now, I think is some of like that. Um, I've never, I haven't come across that category before. Like, <laughs> so I think we need to look into the raspberries a little. I want to, I want to see, I want to know who the winners of those categories are. <laughs> I'm sure there'll be well, some like, superhero gonna, flicks. Not- up there as well like just, just I'm not, ridiculous i'm not i'm not gonna wait yeah probably i'm not gonna uh, waste listener time on that but i do encourage everyone to go out there and let us know what you find um so we did you did you did mention that um at the top there that this has got a bit of a cult following it right, does this movie so yeah. it does um so from it like a yeah an impact point of view or, or its legacy and all of that so it kind of came out right at that that kind of that crest of that wave of Nicolas Cage where, you know, he'd just been nominated for an Oscar in uh, Leaving Las Vegas and then he'd just all of a sudden become this action star. And so, yeah, all of those, like, we've got here movies that came out within like two or three years of each other. Leaving Las Vegas, The Rock, Face Off, City of Angels, Snake Eyes, Gone in 60, 60 Seconds. They all came out in like three or four years. And so this this movie was released... It was yeah, it went right at the peak where everyone was obsessed with Nicolas Cage, and so that's kind of played into the cult following a little bit. But there's there's also um, you know another layer to the whole cult following thing as well, and that's um, not just a you know fan of Nick Cage and how you know 
how he was just intoxicating at that kind of time and everything like that. It's also, this is kind of, I haven't got this in the notes here, so I'm kind of riffing here and you're probably wondering what I'm talking about, Jace, but it's actually a, um, like a, a badge of honor for um, the Southern states in the US as well. So because you've got um, Nick's Cage character, Poe po, um, po Cam- Cameron Poe, he is from Alabama. Um, and, you know, generally they're seen as, you know, the stupid people in, in the US. And this movie was kind of like a way of being like super patriotic and, you know, showing that the, the hero can be a, a dumb sounding Southerner. Um, and so part of the cult following is actually the connection to the South, as well as, you know, just the general connection to uh, to Nicolas Cage as well. So anyway, we'll get there and off my uh, soapbox and talk about it from, <laughs> from the history of this one. <laughs> I mean, look. But I've got, another, I've got a little term here. I don't know if you've heard this, but have you heard of the Cage Age of cinema? I mean, I have now. <laughs> <laughs> but it makes sense, doesn't it? You know, like well, you're talking uh, about all, all the major box office receipts for like three or four years were Nicolas Cage movies. Um the cage age. I mean, and that obviously must be referring to this, this, I mean, the nineties, the nineties was Nicolas yeah. Cage's time. I mean, obviously there's a, there's a 2000s movie there and obviously he did go on to continue to do other things. Um, well, he's having a know, resurgence now really, isn't he? Uh, but, yeah, yeah. The, um, have you seen the movie pig? Not yet, but it's up there. He's he's doing some some wacky stuff, you know. Like, I mean, a lot of his let's be honest, a lot of the movies he has been doing over the past couple of decades have been I don't know to sort out his you know tax issues or whatever. Yeah, is, whatever the rumors <laughs> yeah. have been. But yeah, every now and then, you know, he'll give us a gem, and you know, I applaud him for it. <laughs> it's Nick Cage. Yeah. You can't. You just can't hate him. You can't. Yeah, hate that's him. right. But look, let's he's, dive he's into. Let's dive into this movie, um, yep. essentially just so we can get it over and done. No, I'm just kidding. Let's, <laughs> let's dive into it. Um, I think probably the best way to, to go is just like, there's a lot of characters in this movie. There's a lot of actors. Um, and, yeah. you know, as a first time viewer, it was it was sort of like, okay, I can't keep track of anyone's name. So I am probably going to just use actor names just <laughs> to keep my That's head totally on straight. Okay. Um, yeah. Uh, but yeah, let's just start with, I guess, let's break it up. Good guys, bad guys. <laughs> You know, good guys, bad guys. Let's talk good guys. So, oh, I mean, straight up top, what we got? You got Nick Cage playing Cameron Poe. Cool. Dude I know Alabama. Cameron Poe. I know Cameron Poe. Yes. Yeah. So Cameron Poe, Nicholas Cage. He, you know, I. So I, I read, you know, on the old IMDb trivia page, which is always interesting, that um he actually went went down to the to the um, Alabama and stayed down there for you know about like a month or so, um to really refine the <laughs> accent. Now, did he refine the accent? I mean, I don't know. I don't think, I don't think we can. You know, yeah. I mean, look, we got we got the worst accent in the world, so we can't really bag anybody out about it. But hey, we're not bagging um, out like the a southern. No, Alabama we're not. Accent. We're bagging out Nicholas Cage. I want to sit here and bag out. Yeah, Nick Cage's attempts at it. It's yeah. not good. I mean, it's not good. I don't think it matters. <laughs> but it needs um, to can't... be obviously pointed out. It's not good. But his look, hair it's, looks it's good. Pretty... Oh, his hair looks good, and his he's long he's, built, he's a he's a machine. Look, I mean, he's just a solid unit, isn't he? You know, he's well, look. He's oh, he really is. He's a sculpted man. You know, like yeah. how you know when you walk you watch Nick Cage movies, and it's like hmm. for the most part, in the majority of them, he is the craziest thing about whatever movie you're watching. Oh, yeah, he's unhinged in this time. movie. Yeah, yeah. 
he's he's amongst an assortment of like crazies and nuts <laughs> yeah. and wacko wackadoos. Yeah. He besides his accent, <laughs> besides his hell weird wacky yeah. accent, he's probably like I mean, and, and I don't say it's in the in like a in a negative way, but it's probably mm. the least interesting out of the ball because he's just not that wacky. Again, he's, not he's, saying he's, he's actually pretty... he's not a bad character or anything like that. It's just yeah. with everything else going on, everyone's got their quirks and stuff. I'm like, hey, he's pretty like See, he's this is what I, what I would say though. Pretty simple. What I'd say though, Jace, here is I think that's actually in, that's like, the um, point. It's intentional because it shows that he is a level-headed man amongst the chaos. You know, that's his. It's his military training and all that. So he is vanilla because he is. He has he's to be vanilla, vanilla in order in order <laughs> to show the level of control that he is required. Um, I thought. Look, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't not like his. He's like I, I like I've watched his movie so many times. I've got a nostalgic like attachment to it, right? Sentimental attachment to it. But um, I just remember when I watched it for the first time, and every time I see it, like. When he says, you know, what's that line? I'm gonna go. I'm gonna save the fucking day, kind of thing. Yeah. But the way, like, just that southern drawl, which I don't know if it sounds authentic or not, but to me, to my Australian ears, it doesn't sound authentic. I mean, and it, it's that look, takes me out of it. Like his accent of takes me out of it because when he's <laughs> when he's with his usual accent, like with face off and stuff, you just you're fine. But with this, that actually that distracts me from it, and that I don't think that was intended. So, you, so you sorry, what, Nick Cage. I'm sorry to sorry to say it to you, dude. But yeah. you know what took it out? You know what took it out? Took me out of it. Um, it's very early on in the movie, and it was like the <laughs> the letter montage to his to his daughter. Oh and, yeah, <laughs> no, it, it's like he, it's like I don't think he's ever met her. Um, but it's like. Daddy, we're like, when are you coming home? And, and it's just, it's yeah. just the response, and it's just like, oh, like the narration, ah, oh, and it's sort of like, did she literally just write admit, one question in a letter? Um, no, of course not. It's all, it's, well, it's look, all about giving the audience context. Was- <laughs> and I, I actually wrote down that I actually didn't mind that sequence too much, um, because it actually gave, gave a, uh, like that. I guess the it was a really quick and efficient way of showing the audience that. Um, you know, a, a lot of time had passed and he'd spent his time basically being a good models person. Mm. He was always upskilling himself with origami and Spanish and all that stuff. Um, and I guess it just shows he's not complex, not complexity, but, you know, he's a creative, smart, he's an intelligent man, basically. And like I said about the cult following from a Southern States point of view, it's showing that there's an intellect there, even though, the stereotype for southern men is they're not smart. Do, do you know what I mean? So yeah, like that's not. It often does. It, it does shown. paint a picture of yeah. It paints a picture of a bit more sophistication of that kind of person than generally the world sees. So I, mean, I didn't hate it, but I didn't like the voiceover. So. There's an interesting setup to like how he gets in this position. So like event, you know, like the setup is, mm. you know, what we end up getting. We need to get him into this. Um, you know, reluctant hero type of position where, like, he doesn't actually, mm-hmm. he's not meant to be there, but mm-hmm. he's in this situation and he's going to do what he can to sort of resolve it, fix it, take down yeah. the bad guys. Um, and it all comes from, like, he spent some time, you know, he was in the army, uh, dishonorably discharged. Um, mm-hmm. You know, he reunites with his with his missus who is pregnant, but not really mm-hmm. showing, like, at all. And she's not, 
you know, like she's quite yeah. a she's quite a petite lady. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. It makes me question: How long was he away for? <laughs> like, yeah, how long, how long was his tour for? Yeah, like but, um, was he away for like two months, like max? Because I'm like, mm, after three months, she's gonna start showing a little. I have bit. a theory. I have a theory about it though. I, I have a feeling that maybe he's come back from a tour. He's got, she's fallen pregnant. Like when you know they they had a, had a good time while he came back. He went back on back to Desert Storm or whatever the hell they were doing, and then found out that she was pregnant, and so then he got discharged. That's what I think's happened. So, mm. and then so he's got discharged, and on the night of his discharge, he's come home and then got into a fight and gone straight to prison. <laughs> so, do not just, pass go. <laughs> do not collect two hundred dollars straight to jail. But, yeah, I mean, I mean, yeah, that whole setup, you know, like defending the missus from like you know those yeah bunch of brutes, bunch of assholes, ends up yeah. killing a guy. Um, so obviously yeah. you're not. He's not the. Well, he's already set up as like he's not. A villainous character he's not a bad guy it's just like you know mm. went a little bit too far with it um ended yeah. up in this situation and yeah and then there's <laughs> then it's just like well yeah there's a few years pass and yeah letters to his daughter now he's on this plane and <laughs> i mean can we talk about the the whole actual premise of the plane so you've got yeah. it's a maximum security pr- uh, prison you've got uh, an yeah. assortment of of um you know like the different world's worst people yeah, yeah let's put them all on a plane together i mean everything about <laughs> this just seems like a stupid plan we're going to transport mm. them to a supermax prison um yep. nothing could possibly go wrong cool yeah. <laughs> i like and it. then we're at the same time as doing that we're also going to put a cop on the plane to try to interrogate or yeah get get you know, answers from someone else or whatever like that and it's like just concentrate on one thing, guys. Like, just just focus on one thing. That's what you got to do, and and maybe maybe don't travel the world's worst people all in one flight. That's all well, you look, need to do. This whole this whole premise it all comes from the mind of Vince Larkin. It's his little baby. Um, yeah, a play John by Cusack. John Cusack. Thank you. I didn't have to scroll Correct. up and remember his name. I was like Cusack. I was about to say Joan Cusack, but that's yeah. I, I, that's I agree. Not I him. apologize. <laughs> little peep behind the curtain, ladies and gentlemen. I didn't write the <laughs> actors' names next to the characters, so Jason's going to have to scroll. Now but I have anyway. to actually go to our cast list. How frustrating! Oh, no, <laughs> no, all <It> good. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, so yeah, yeah. Vince Larkin, John Cusack. I actually like him. I like John. I mean, he's just John Cusack. He's just being John Cusack, you know. I think I like, read somewhere that he. Um, this is not a movie he's fond of. Correct. Um, yeah. Yeah. He doesn't like it. I think he's just a guy that's probably very critical of himself, though. So I think, yeah, yeah you know, maybe he's just been a bit hard on yeah everything. But um, I mean, look, he's he's not doing anything overly special here. And look, to be honest, no one really is. Let's. Well, no, actually, no, that's not. a lie. There's a there's a handful, and we'll get to them eventually, and I'll give them a shout-out when they come out. But this one, I mean... To me, to me, it looks fun. like they're all just having fun. That's what they look They're just having, having a good time. Having a play, not really going to... They're not aiming to get any bloody Oscars or anything for it. They're just getting paychecks and having a good time while they're doing it. <laughs> the, but, that, that one bit where um, uh, what's-the-name, you know, like, says to him, you know, basically calls him out and is like, like, are you sure this, like, this isn't a good idea? And he, and he just snaps at her, like... And it's just the worst <laughs> delivery. It's just like, please, like, blah, blah, like, like this will, everything will be fine. Everything's going according to plan. Whatever he says, I'm just like, yeah. wow, where did that come from? Okay, it's uh, true <laughs> over the top. Everything is over the top for sure. But I look, I like Vince Lark, and like, and you know, he was. 
I don't know because he's also he's also um, kind of portrayed as well like in the writing you know, in the scripting he's a, he's a bit of a smarter guy you know he gets a lot of shit from that other DA, DEA um, Duncan Malloy the agent yeah. Malloy oh I mean the for being two, a sociology major or whatever whatever it is the two of them these are like two just very stereotypical kind of characters it's like they'll just argue and yell at, yell at each other pretty much for any reason to the point where it's just like they'll just bring up shit that has yeah. nothing to do with whatever they're arguing about purely because it means they get to yell a little bit longer yeah. um and literally yeah. the only reason that you know larkin gets the upper hand is because he's positioned more as one of the heroes of this story yeah and it's like ah yeah. oh. i mean it's fine. I mean, he so, so they <laughs> both fine. made mistakes, right? They both made mistakes. Like, if we talk about Duncan Malloy quickly as well, so Duncan Malloy uh, was played by uh, Mister. Oh, now I've got to go look for his name. Yes, Bloody damn old. straight. You Col- uh, Col- Me- Col- Meany. I said it in the intro anyway. Col- Meany. But um, so yeah, he's the end. He's he's the complete opposite to Vince Larkin. But he's like so. Um, Agent Malloy is more bolshy and and wants to be violent. Just wants to shoot the thing, shoot the plane out of the sky. Basically, he's like, I don't care who's on the plane. I don't care if there's guards on there. They signed. What was he saying? Signed. They signed a non-negotiable, like non, no, like non-hostage clause or something <laughs> like that. And I was like, you heartless piece of shit. But then at the end of it, you know, the plane crashes into La- um, Las Vegas because Vince Larkin says, no, don't do it. Don't don't shoot it down. And you're like, how many people died in that entire sequence? You know, like how many people friggin' died there that just were walking around having a good time in Las Vegas, all because of Vince Larkin? So I see both of them. They're, Worst they're, 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 reckless disregard for human life <laughs> and public property. <laughs> I mean, why didn't I mean friggin' Poe could have bloody put you know made made Swamp Thing turn to the desert and try to land the friggin' thing in the desert? Couldn't he? Could have done that. But no, the strip is where he went. Hey, it made, anyway. for a, it made for a really epic, you know, third act set piece. I mean, yeah, it looked flashy. I mean, yeah, yeah. <laughs> look good, um, man. Let's talk about, like, let's, let's talk about, I mean, what else are the other good guys? we got uh, Babio, um, which I found out while writing these notes that his name was Mike Odell. I don't <laughs> think I heard that said once. His definite um, name was so, definitely Babio. <laughs> Babio. Um you also don't find out what he's in for, but that's not important really because he's not a bad guy. You only find out what people are in for when they're bad. Um, he was right. Actually, actually, if I'm being honest, he is probably the one with the acting chops in this whole movie. It's him. So, um, so he was. Um, you you pronounce this correctly in the um, in the intro. So, McKelty Williamson um, played Mike Baby Odell. I really liked his portrayal. Like he's. What I didn't like though was the character. Like, um, so I like the portrayal, but I didn't like how the character is is on death's door no matter what, <laughs> no matter what they yeah. do. He's half throughout the whole movie, he's he's dying of of diabetic shock, and then when he as soon as he gets fixed, he gets shot, and then he all of a sudden <laughs> he's bleeding out, and, and you're like, Jesus Christ! But he portrays that well. Like, you know, he portrays being in pain and almost dying very very well. I just think the character. I mean, the character is there as a plot device. That's it. Yeah, so. and and he has an extra layer of added stakes because it's like you know, with the, with the diabetes thing, it's like yeah, no, we need to 
it adds hmm. the to the urgency. It's like, no, we can't just ride this out and then wait and then like just bail when we can. Like, we need to take action now. To, yeah, you know, what, keep you what alive. I, <laughs> what I'd say though is he really likes those um, like snowballed little cake, little coconut cake things, strawberry cakes, whatever they sure, are. The yep. things that, yeah. But he's bloody diabetic. Dude needs to settle down. Like, what do you eat? No wonder he like. So, are we are we assuming that Cameron Poe turned? baby into a diabetic <laughs> over the seven years <laughs> maybe. i can't really see it any other way you know you never know those things that happen in a prison all very traumatic okay who else have we got uh we've got guard sally bishop yeah it was um no, unfortunately, not lady on... lady is a dog in a disney movie <laughs> I, I love that line i had a really good giggle at that i just think it's so it's funny but anyway it, it was that um, moment it was that moment where i was like Oh, yeah. Touchstone. Disney. Here we are. <laughs> okay. <laughs> We're all, it's all connected. It's all connected. <laughs> That's the only moment that made me think, yeah, yeah, Disney movie. Ah, cool. Um, yeah, so she's on this plane, unfortunately. Um, that's not a criticism of her. She's just unfortunately in this situation on this plane, like her character. Um, and yeah. I guess, yeah, look, she's used as a, as a way of, you know, allowing our heroes, you know, Poe Some, and someone to save, basically. Yeah, Poe so and Baby. I, I've got, a, I've got, I've got conflict about her because she's she's a very a strong female, you know, character in this. Um, can stand there her own and does stand up for herself and does all that kind of jazz. But ultimately, I think like from a narrative point of view, she really exists just to be a victim of Johnny Twenty Three. Like that's. That's really what it is. Like she, she's there for the main part. So he, like Poe, has a reason to kind of be like not just Baby O, but for her as well. If they're looking, making sure she's not, you know, going to get killed or raped or whatever. Yeah. So well, I mean, it's like it's like it's kind of a little bit of a middle finger sticking up at like a strong female character in a way because you, she, she doesn't defend it. She defends herself a bit, but it really is up to Poe to do it. So. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, you could look at it in. Let's say if we switched it up, if we were, if we were to say, okay, it was a male guard who, you know, came across as a strong, you know, confident, you know, like uh, character, you know, as a mm -hmm. as a guard, and you know, gave everyone a bit of attitude and all of that, and then, yeah. um, you know, was then in the situation where like he was in harm's way of one of the one of the convicts, yeah. and then um, you know, Paul and Baby O ended up saving him you know it'd be the the same the circumstance would still play out the same it's only because she's a woman that i guess that is well, you can take that view but then yeah, also look yes at it no because I, I disagree slightly and it's only because of uh, danny trejo's johnny 23 like if he that character wasn't because that character like it's his sole motivation is to rape her that's it um, with, so um, a male character wouldn't really be in that position. Yeah. Like, well, I mean, be, like the other, like the others, they just be basically getting executed. Like, yeah. No, nah, fair enough. It's because it is sexually motivated and all that kind of stuff. I mean, if you look at you, you know, just to obviously back up your point even more, you've got the two oh. main female characters in this movie, both um, Sally and also you've got Trisha Poe. You know, um, thing is, thing is, wife. Yeah. Um, yeah like. Yeah. Basically, both of them have scenes mm. in this movie where they're saved. Yes. And Nicolas Cage. By Nicolas Cage. Yes. Yeah. 
I mean, so. look, this movie is a very, it's a meaty, manly movie. There's lots of action and muscles and guns and like swearing and like, yeah, we're going to biff on. And that's great. Yeah. That's great if that's what you want to watch. Mm. Um, and yeah, like the two females that are, and I said, the two main females that are in this movie are, are there to be saved and honorably saved yeah. as well. It's like they're in, you know, it's trashy men given given Trisha a hard time or it's a brute trying to do the old rapage. <laughs> you know, yep. it's... Uh, the old rapey rapage. old yep. rapage. So it's um, right. Nicolas so Cage victims. saving them from other men. <laughs> yeah. So, you, yeah, you've got... You've got in, in the case with um, Guard Bishop, like, she is portrayed initially as a, as a strong, confident individual, but at the, at the very end of the day, she's, she's, she's there to be saved. That's what she's there. So I don't really like that. I'm not a big fan of that. Um, I, I, her portrayal, I like she, she was, she's great. She's fine. Don't really have anything to pick out with her <laughs> performance. Um, just I don't, don't like the character, the, um, the narrative reasons for, for her being there. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, I mean, so all, yeah. would it have played out better if it was just like, you know, a, a typical sort of hostage type situation or like, you know, like they one of them gets a hold of her and, you know, threatens to kill her. Mm. Um, and then it's like, oh, you know, like, we'll we'll save you and we'll take that guy down. Would that have played better, at least made it a little bit less aggressive and kind of vile? Yeah. If, yeah. if um, yeah, if, if Johnny 23's character wasn't a part of it, I think it, but I mean, we play, are, uh, it might have a different do- dynamic. We but. are dealing with characters who are... Yeah, you know, we've got all sorts, and they're meant to be the worst of the worst. We, you know, true rapists and killers, and you know, all child killers. <laughs> so it's all yeah, it's true. all great. Um, do you have any? Do you have any comments on Trisha Poe, or I guess not really, other than daughter as well. Crushes, uh, no, I don't really have any comments on on was it something Casey, um. She's adorable, I guess. Yeah, but um, the, I've got some thoughts. The, she's, she's a child. I do. Okay, I'll let you say them in a second. But I'll just say, I'll just say about um, Trisha Poe. So Monica Potter, I had a crush on her when I was a child. Um, you know, at this age, so mm. uh, she's she's adorable. <laughs> she's great. Um, so I, 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 she didn't really get anything, any chance to kind of flex any kind of acting chops, muscles, or anything. But um. She was fine, but like I said, I've just got the same issue as I do with Guard Bishop, and that's they're kind of there to be victims yeah. or protected, and they don't really have their own motivations around anything. Yeah, like she's there. Kind of, she's yeah. there at the start. She's around the middle, you know, like talking to Larkin, having mm. a conversation, um, and mm. then she's there at the end to reunite with with Cameron Poe. <laughs> yeah. Mr. Poe. So, um, so it's, it's, it's fine. It's just not my favorite dynamic so yeah the one scene that stood out for me right like with both her and and casey's there as well and larkin it's that scene when they're having that conversation and he's he's basically questioning Mm. her about what's what's the deal with cameron you know like why is he why like why is he in this situation and what is he now doing (laughs) and what's going on yeah um You know, does he any have any reason to not come home and blah, 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 blah. And they're having this conversation. This kid who very much has an understanding of the fact that her father has been, you know, has been in prison like pretty much her whole life, or her whole yeah. life, literally. Um, and they're just having this conversation and she's just like, yay, I'm 
colouring in. <laughs> it's yeah. like, why is she in that room listening to, I don't know, it just seemed like, I'm just like, ah, it's more of that, like, ah, this is not a realistic situation because she would be like, what are you talking about? Like, is he not coming home? What's going on? Yeah, he what's wrong? Me. Like, what's the, yeah. yeah like, I'm meant to be meeting my dad for the first time. Yeah, well, the mum should be, be like, hey, no, when we can't have this conversation with, with a hero or it yeah. should be you know he should take her away i don't know that just scene that scene just annoyed me i know it's probably the weirdest thing to pick at but i'm just like mm. none of this ah, none of this makes sense <laughs> out of everything that's it, going it on really, like, that scene oh it's just, it's just and, and the, fir- the further we talk about it we're, like we it's it's that it, it really doesn't make sense at all you know it is one of those it's it's this is a, just a, a a turn your brain off movie. This yeah, one. So, that scene literally is there to just show that Larkin is asking questions about Cameron and wanting to yeah. know, and that's all it is. And she, the wife is the character that can give well, those answers, and it is just connecting, like <laughs> reconnecting the, the the wife and and Casey to the story because clearly, if he was expected home that day, they would be like they would they would notice that he wasn't there. Like they need to be, they would need to be engaged. So what I, it's just. What, like- I, what I really want to know is, is like, where is the prison in relation to where, you know, like Trisha and, and Casey live? And why did, why did Cameron have to get on a plane? <laughs> like Ooh, That is a very good question. I mean, there's even, I mean, there's a line of dialogue near the end of the movie where it's like, next time get the, get the bus. And it's sort of like, okay, yeah. so that was an option. Like, yeah, I don't think he needed to be on the plane. But anyway, the movie happened. Well, it probably may not have been his call. So, well, they said they said that you you're still a prisoner until you're released from the your original um, penitentiary. So, um, so clearly he'd been moved about a couple of times during his sentence. But because um, that was the whole point is he had to go back to his original prison before he could be a free man. So. Um, but why he needed to catch a plane? I don't freaking know. Because, <laughs> because, because plot. Because the movie. This is <laughs> because that's the movie. the movie. All right, let's talk but, about some bad guys. <laughs> these guys, these guys are the fun guys. So straight up, you got Cyrus the Virus Grissom, played by John Malkovich. What a cool bad guy! Just a cool, clever, evil bad guy that you don't. There's no sympathy there. You you respect him. Like he, like John Malkovich's portrayal, I thought it was really good. It's it's over the top, just like everybody else's, but it was I liked it because he's he's clever. He you, you can see that he's the mastermind behind it all. He's the one pulling the strings. He's bringing all the people together to do all of this, um, and like so that immediately has there's a level of respect that everybody has for him as well. So he's a he's a he's a cool character to see. I guess have a demise. Do you know what I mean? Like you, you're waiting for it. You want it. You want him. To, we want to see it get given to him. You know, he earns it. He earns his demise. I think. Um, but I, I, I mean, and you, you can disagree if you like. But I thought John Malkovich's portrayal was great. Um, Why do you think I'm going to hate on everything? No, 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 no. Because no, no, no. <laughs> I'm trying to think of this as you, as you know, from you, um, you know, seeing this for the first time, and because I can't, because it's so. That that's not an option for me because I've seen this movie so many bloody times. Cyrus um, the virus is hands down the killed, most killed. interesting 
entertaining <laughs> character in this movie, and it's all because of John Malkovich. And look, he's not doing anything actually that special. He's just doing what John Malkovich does. He already yes. has that weird, very bizarre, kind of creepy, perfect villain type kind of voice um, and yeah. delivery. I mean, yeah. like, this is a character where, like, he'll be on the phone and just be delivering a soliloquy for some reason. <laughs> it's like, yeah, absolutely. I, I was going to try and see if I could recite it, but I mean, I didn't write it all. I didn't write any of his, ugh, his speeches, <laughs> call me speeches down his epic mm. um, poetry. Um, but I mean, that's what it is. It's like, he'll just say things and you're like, I don't know what you're saying, but it sounds good. And I'm oh, listening. absolutely! <laughs> I'm listening. Absolutely, like that—that that scene where you've got you got him, you've got Diamond Dog, and then you got um, Poe, and Poe's trying to stop um, Diamond Dog from killing the cops. And then, yeah, <laughs> Cyrus just goes on a rant of like, you know, how one person's beliefs are this, one person's are this, and his own uh, uh, what was it? Uh, often lamented facts of penal law or something like that yeah. like that's what he says like about how they're, they're passionate about killing cops kind of thing and you're like what are you talking about man just but um he it's just he's a clever evil bad guy he's a great bad guy he's a he's a, i think he's a perfect villain yeah, i really do i like well they like, they introduce him as um you kill more camp what kill more men than cancer or something like that? Kill more men than cancer. Yeah. Um, yeah. You, you know, when we get to the end of the movie, right before we we, you know, we get to the ridiculous fire truck chase. Scene, yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's like yeah. it almost looks like the end of Die Hard. You know, like mm. Nick Cage is reunited with his, um, you know, with with his missus and his. Yeah. Um, oh, has that happened yet? Maybe that hasn't happened yet. I don't know. I can't remember. Um, I only watched it last night. I can't remember. Um, but, but it's like you've got you've got Cyrus, and it's like, oh, he survived, and he like crawls away, and you're kind of yeah. like, holy shit, are they gonna are they gonna leave him like like he escaped In the free world? Yeah, yeah, it's like, oh my god, are they trying to set up a sequel? But like it never happened, and then the movie just yeah. keeps going. I'm like, oh, okay, we've got yeah. we've got eight more minutes. <laughs> let's let's see it what is, they're doing here. It, it is it's a, it's a weird way to finish the movie i think because like as in um yeah it just extends that third it just extends that more longer than it needs to and that entire um, i almost think fire, it, the fire truck chase is just kind of redundant i think but i think after um, the plane crashing on that strip like it just would have been like i mean that's that's your money shot essentially mm. that's the, that's the big climax there it is um yeah. That, that I don't know. I think at the end of that, it it seemed like a very natural way, and then with a little bit of a twist to be like, oh, a bit of a like open ended kind of thing. But mm. I think it would have worked. I think it would have been worked well to to end it there and just have his character sort of just like out there still. But yeah, I mean, yeah, you know, they they, they they wrapped it up. <laughs> it's it's yeah. all good. Um, who else we got here? Um, Nathan Diamond Dog Jones, Vin Vin Rames. So. Um, I've been, he was great. I I don't really have any, like anything negative to say about him. Um, I don't understand like if somebody is truly so, I know he's like, they talk about this in the movie, but you, if you are so such a passionate, um, uh, like racial advocate, uh, you know, so he, he's meant to be 
a, a black supremacist, I believe, as of something like that. But he is teaming up with uh, it's all it's all white people that he teams up with, and it just wouldn't be. I don't think that's what people would do. <laughs> Even like it says it means to an end. It's like no, you'd be killing him, man. Like if you're that bad, you would you you wouldn't be buddies with these guys. But anyway. Like how would they, how would they even become in leagues in the first place? How would they become mates in the first place? They would have hated each other yeah, anyway. But the, the portrayal, though, being Reigns' portrayal, it's fine. I got nothing bad to say about it. Do you know what I want to talk about? The you know, like What's when that? everyone's getting like on the plane, yeah, they're all being mm. loaded up, and it's with, the intro, of, with the intros, like the bio for it all. yeah. This reminded yeah. me of, and obviously I'm aware this came first. This reminded me of like the that first Suicide Squad movie. <laughs> they're oh, all, yeah. like, getting the rap sheets. And it's all very mm. dramatic, quick cuts. Like, mm. you've got the music and stuff. Just And I'm like, do you know what? This scene is fun, but it's just so... I mean, uh, it's a, it's an efficient way of communicating. What's yeah, going, and, and the way saying, they do it, because they, they're doing it it's while lazy. Briefing. It's lazy, they're but br- it's, it's quick and fun, isn't it? You just can't yeah. help but be like, this is epic. Like, so many... Yeah bad guys and so many bad things they've done well i have to admit like the bad guys in this movie are the ones with the personalities right so they're the ones that so they get that intro um you know and it's they're, they're briefing that da agent so we're along for the ride you know being briefed at the same time on what these people's backstories are but all of the all of the bad guys in this they're all quite charismatic not charismatic um like unique and um it's an eclectic mix of, of people and like you actually have more investment in them in like their characters and, and who they are and what their stories are than you do about anybody else. Like I don't, you don't care at all about Cameron, but well, that's what I'm, definitely, that's what I'm saying you're definitely before. intrigued. Like... You're intrigued by Cyrus and you're intrigued by um, Diamond Dog for sure. And Garland Green, like we'll talk about him in a second. You're like, you're like what the hell is this guy? You yeah, know, it's like, like, what are we doing in this pool? <laughs> oh, oh, it's all right. Insane. So, well, Billy, Billy Bedlam, Bedham, Bedlam, 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 the bold Bedford. guy, the white the bold, bold guy. guy. <laughs> I mean, I, is there anything else to really talk about except for the scene with the bunny? <laughs> like, is that? Um, well, I mean, no, like he, he was just <laughs> an, an evil dude. And he, yeah, I guess and one the, of the bunny, other like... muscly guys and mm. it's like, put the bunny back in the box. <laughs> yeah. And and then, then and then they like they have fight to, to the have, death over the bunny. They have to have that weird, awkward, like crouching fighting sequence, which is unique, mm. interesting. You should have put the bunny back in the box. Yeah. <laughs> like, Why didn't you put the bunny back in the box? That's what he yeah. said, and you did that quite well. There you go. Yeah. Even 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 with <laughs> even with a COVID sore throat. Um, no, you said um, it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that doesn't bother me. Um, the uh, yeah, but look, he was. I mean, oh, he he doesn't really do anything to the story other than question Poe a little bit about. Hang on, you should have been. In a block. I should know who you are. Yeah, we well, fifteen years, and you're like, oh, okay, sweet, cool. Yeah, okay. he's the first adds, one to adds uh, an extra stake to uh, it. But, yeah, like oh, like yeah. Cameron's been uh, exposed, yeah. and then nah, but then he is anyway. And then they, <laughs> and then they they fight to the death. Um, <laughs> But, I mean, it's, it's fine. Um, interesting thing, though. So um, the uh, the actor that portrays um, Billy Bedford, um, so Nick uh, Chinland, he I don't know if you noticed or not, but when you when you first meet him, he's got white teeth, but then when he's in the um, cargo hold of the plane, he's got yellow teeth. 
um, and it was just it's a continuity issue, but um, it was more like they're all meant to look really dirty and gross criminals. Yeah. But um, yeah, it was just they yeah they they dirtied up his teeth uh, a little bit later in the shoot. But they um, yeah, the continuity wasn't there for the earlier stuff that he did. So yeah, when you when you're first introduced to him, he's got you know white sparkly teeth, and then yeah, later on he looks like a gross human being. But wild. Yeah, and when you see the once you've seen the movie a couple of times, you really do notice it a little bit. So. Uh, yeah, sometimes you see those things and you're like, oh, I can't unsee that ever. It's like yeah, that's right. Dave Chappelle's in this movie. He is. He <laughs> is. And I, I read a thing that he, I don't, I don't know how true this is because, you know, we only have the internet to go by, um, that he <laughs> improvised the majority of his lines. Or Yeah, I read yeah. that as well. And it doesn't surprise me. Like, you know, when he's... Um, He's stowing away the uh, the black box or the transponder, whatever it is, yeah. um, and he's that whole interaction with that la- the lady when he's flirting with her. Like I feel like you can tell it's all ad libbed and it's all it's all improvised and it's it's, it's, it's cool. It's because he's a, he's a comedian. Like he says, when he goes, he goes, "You've got the best eyes I've seen in about five to ten. Like you know, like as in that's a prison sentence time is about five to ten years. So. I just, I don't know. He's just. A, Do you know? It was clever. It's clever. It's so. for that reason that I, I believe that his lines, like he was improvising them, purely because there, there, there's quite a contrast to what he was doing and what his lines, how they sounded, yeah. um, just. It was like well, he was, it, he was cracking. It was, he was cracking jokes, and yeah. he's a comedian, right? It's so, like they were well, written by somebody else who didn't write this script. Because all the other one-liners, as epic and crazy and badass as they are, I'm not going to take yeah. anything away from that. I was like, there are some fun, crazy lines, but like, mm. they're super cheesy and super ridiculous. Yeah, but it is—it's a different kind of—it's a different ball of wax. So yeah, mm. that makes me believe I'm like, yeah, you probably did ad lib because it, there mm. is such a difference to it. Yeah. And a lot of yeah, it actually so, lands. Too. I'm like, okay, you, that you know. That's pretty funny. Oh yeah, absolutely. The way the way he talks about um, like you know, when he put that you know, like whatever that fluid was on the um the person next to him and, and set him on fire. Yeah, like I mean the, he's um, he's been, he's been quite racist there because he's, he's <laughs> ripping into him about being um an American Indian, but um, <laughs> the, the, but it, the, all of the, all of the things he's saying like it sounds like it's come straight off a bloody stand up act, you know. Yeah. So, um, Steve, he, I mean he's good. I was happy to see him die. But anyway, sweet. Um, <laughs> to see him die. Steve Buscemi, <laughs> also in this movie as Garland, the Marietta Mangler, uh, Green. I don't even remember hearing them say that. That's what he's carrying. <laughs> That's what it's uh, credited as. So he's yeah. the the child killer. Um, yeah. I mean, what's interesting? Not just I mean, not just children. He just he kills heaps of people. Kills yeah. everybody. But when you kill yeah. kids, that's what people talk about. Um, but he's one of the ones that obviously comes into the into the story a little bit later on, you know, when yeah. they're all like picked up. Um, and he doesn't say much. He doesn't say much for a while. But when he when he does start saying things, I mean, oh, it's all, I think it's awesome. He's a weird dude, he's, man. He's a weird dude. He, this is a this is a great role for Buscemi. It's yeah, absolutely. If you've ever like like me never seen this movie but you've seen Buscemi in other things I mean 100% he definitely looks mm. like a creepy guy like if you line yeah, him definitely. up with a bunch of other people and say hey which one's the uh which one's the car- child killer or the child fiddler <laughs> or something you'd be like that yeah. guy <laughs> no, <laughs> no offense to him 
He's a weird looking dude. Um, he's so a, this this he's works perfectly for him because. Um, oh, I think so. Yeah. And then you you get that scene with the you know like when they're when they're in the desert and it's yeah. like there's that little trailer park place and he's just sitting there mm. in that empty pool with that little girl. Where the hell are her parents, by the way? But I mean, oh, and, and these scenes like it keeps cutting from this like back to like a lot of the heavy action that's going on and but yeah. it keeps going back to this and it's just like we're getting just this deep dive into this guy and who he is and what he's aware of and you know just that bit yeah. where he says is like there's no medicine to to cure me to like fix or, me, yeah. to fix me yeah. yeah um and then you just got that sweet little girl and she's just She's just talking about, and, it, just, just and then he doesn't, and he doesn't do anything. Like they, they make it, they make it out that he's done something to her because as the plane is taking off, you see a broken glass. Like you see the table is empty and there's a broken glass, and he he's he's already walked back and I think he's holding the doll, isn't he? Something like that. But mm-hmm. um, either way, you think, oh shit! But then you see, like, a, you, you see, he, a kill, he killed 130 people before, and he's just killed this little girl, and like the whole scene is kind of creepy and weird. It's it's actually a really good scene, like as in f- for the purpose of that character, like he is yeah. an unhinged. What I would say though is, there's a really weird, like, there's, there's this weird feeling that comes with his character because he's free <laughs> at the end of the movie, and you see him playing like, you know, um, uh, roulette or something, and he goes, "Yeah, this is my lucky day," kind of thing, and it's almost as if we're meant to be rooting for him, but. He's actually he's an absolute monster. I'll tell you what. It's like you know, if out of all the bad guys, like he's he's like correct me if I'm wrong. He's the only one that survives, pretty much. Yeah, like the only one that makes it. You know, he escapes. Yeah, yeah. I think that swamp swamp thing survives as well because you see him on the ground moving. But But I mean, like he's like he's there at the end in that little almost like a final shot stinger, and, and and he's there. You know playing at the casino and and it's sort of like mm. oh yeah like okay he's he made it way to go mm. let's go back to that scene in the pool with the with the girl yeah you know like how it is set up to make it seem like he's then done something to her but then yeah. you see that shot of her and she's waving to the plane as it's flying away and that's sort of like mm. oh he didn't do something he didn't do anything to her so it's sort of like okay is he on a righteous path now because of that act i'm not saying this is how i felt but it's sort of like because of that yeah. act that, that he obviously left her well it's, it's, it's because like, you don't you yeah you don't see him with his crimes or like you don't see him do anything yeah bad. so and that's the thing the audience is his crimes his crimes are him. yeah well that's the thing like if you listen to what like the way like so they say that he kills 130 people and he and then he remember when he says there was one girl I wore her head as a hat. <laughs> yeah, and you're like, holy shit! And the yeah, way like that the, he, like the way like Diamond Dog, all of that when they see him, they're like, what the hell is that kind of thing? As in like, he is a true monster, and everybody knows who he is, and it, and you're like, but all we see is a gentle person, so therefore yeah. we do feel a bit sympathetic. I to tell him you at what, the end. if if the scene but, with the pool, if all of that played out as it did, and then you mm. cut the scene. Where the girls wave into the pool, well, wave into the plane. So essentially, it implies that he did do something with her, just off screen, and we didn't see it. Yeah, I tell you, that scene at the end where he's at the casino, that's that's mm. not in the movie. Like that wouldn't be there because that would yeah. just be like, oh my god, this hell, like this hell, met like fucked up guy. Mm. We actually 
not see, but like, you know, like it's implied that he's done something to that girl. We don't then cheer at the end when he's like, you know, this is my lucky day. Yeah. We we would be traumatized. We would be like, Ugh. so yeah, that wouldn't like, happen yeah. if that was if yeah. that was the if you change one yeah. little thing thing there, it changes mm. that whole setup for that that end scene. Yeah. But, but it's interesting. It's a very interesting sort of craft of a character and you know, positioning the audience to look at him in, in a certain way. And it's like, yeah, at the end of the day, it's like he's still uh he's still out there and he's still <laughs> killed all of those people in horrific yeah. ways um yeah okay he's, right. he, he's 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 actually the i would say uh, all the characters and you know like we said the bad guys are have the most kind of interesting backstories or they're they're the most intriguing characters out of everybody he is actually like you've got i i put cyrus at the top just on like pure evil of and course sure. fun to fun to watch but the way that um, Buscemi like, plays this character, I just feel it, it's such a cold, distant, disconnected portrayal. It's so interesting. Um, like I could watch a movie about him. Like I would love to see, I'd love to hear more about that. Not, not me rooting in his corner or anything, as in I want to find out more about what this crazy, tiny little man did. Like, yeah. So... And that's that's a that's a positive to this movie is introducing a character and just giving such a just a basic level of detail, but the performance is what makes you so intrigued about it. He yeah, so. he does bring something extra to this movie. Um, did you have thoughts on Swamp Thing? Elle Williams. I did put Swamp Thing there just because I really enjoyed. <laughs> that's um, all you wanted to say. So, MC Ganey um, played um, MC Ganey. Um, I played, yeah, Earl Swamp Thing Williams. And I actually left um, off Danny Treasure as one off that list there. But um, oh, yeah, we mentioned it. Danny Easy. Treasure, Johnny 23. And, you know, I don't think we need to talk about them anymore, anymore but they, they're just, they're, they're unique characters. They're, you know, career criminals. Swamp Thing's a, a pilot um, and he wears a battle helmet. And he's, I guess he's a bit, a bit of comedy and a bit, bit wild, a bit, he kind of reminded me of, um, What's that Muppet that plays the drums? Agro. You reminded me of Agro. <laughs> so, you mean like, Animal, you know. but... Uh, oh, Animal. What, yeah, is it, yeah. what did I say? Agro. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they're not Agro. Animal. Um, yeah, Animal is who I meant. Um, I don't know. He just said yeah, this hairy beast of a man. Anyway, <laughs> and he he actually... So I don't know if that's actually a, um, a fault of the movie, like a, a, an error, or if it's it was intended. But at the end, you see... So when... You know the fire trucks cr- crashed and all of that. Swamp Thing actually flies out of the window, um, and then you've got the moment where John Cusack and and um, Nicholas Cage are like talking and doing their thing, and you know saying there's now three men I trust and all that. But you see Swamp Swamp Thing's actually laying on the ground there, and he he move he's moving, he's breathing and he's moving, but he's on the ground right in front of him. Um, so he's he's the only other one that survives it unless he was meant to be playing dead and he was moving instead of laying still but i don't know <laughs> just wanted to point that out that i noticed it that uh yeah so he might very well have been a survivor or he might very well have just been a terrible actor and not acting dead so uh, fair cool yeah. let's talk about the score yeah. the the soundtrack all that musical stuff are you familiar with trevor rabin so Trevor Rabin, Rabin, Rabin and Mark Mancina did the score for this. But 
So Trevor Rabin, his score for Armageddon is actually one of my favorite scores of all time. I really, really like it. Um, and I, for some reason, I just didn't know that he did this movie. Um, but if you the more if you listen to those scores next to each other, like they're they're not identical, but they've got the same instrument um, kind of compositions and stuff like that. It, so you can tell they're very much by the same uh, same composer. Um, but have you are you familiar with any of his work? Um, no, but you've written you've written a few of the um, the, yeah. the the credits um, for both of them. Yeah, which is which is um, cool. And look, they're all very much in the same sort of. Um, uh, this, they come from the same same book. Gone in sixty seconds. Bad Boys Two. Yeah. Uh, Bad Boys yeah. One. <laughs> Twister. Yeah, yeah. Speed One and Two. Yeah. And then um, Bad Boys for Life. Mark Mancino. Um, Mancina. Mancina. Um, he. Yeah. They, they've got like the motifs and stuff in, in there. Um, they, I mean, did you? What do you think about the score? It's 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 atmospheric. It's just punctu- it punctuates everything. Yeah, like, I mean, look, it's not really, it's not memorable, but I, I liked it. There's a lot like of guitar it. plucking. <laughs> yeah, it's a, if you listen to just the um, like just the generic theme that you would find on Spotify, right? As in, like, not the whole soundtrack, but just the, the what would be labeled as the theme. Like it, it works. It is, it is, it is a bit like patriotic, kind of like manly, like heavy yeah. guitar riffs and stuff. You can tell they're they're definitely kind of t- catering for an audience <laughs> like yeah but, look, um, it, it really leans into exactly what you just said like that kind of energy um and that, yeah. that works for this because let's be honest this movie is just a it's an action romp like that's that's yeah. what it is and the music caters for that and that's perfectly mm. fine i'm not going to go off and start humming anything um i'm not going to add it to my spotify playlist of movie themes or anything that i want to re-listen to um, but it works in the neither movie. will I. <laughs> neither <laughs> will I. Trevor Raven's work on Armageddon is definitely on my Spotify playlist, but this one it's not going to make it there. But I did have a listen to it just back, it was like side by side, and you could tell it's very similar stuff. Well, we've um, got some of the we've got some of the songs as well. Obviously, we we already mentioned "How Do I Live," uh, written by Diane Warren, performed by Trisha Yearwood. Yes, I mean, like we already said, like it's in this movie. It's uh, it's a you know, we both agree it's, yep. it's pretty good. We've also got Sweet Home Alabama, which you know what I quite enjoyed yeah. the scene that that this music that this it's a brilliant scene played over scene. and the the call out to be like you know like oh ain't it kind of ironic that you know the, yeah. the artist of this bunch song. of idiots dancing to a song a song made famous by a band that died in a plane crash yeah, yeah. I thought it was very yeah, uncomfortable very amusing um but it was interesting though the um the uh, official soundtrack for this. It actually didn't have How Do I Live or Sweet Home Alabama on it um, for some reason. I couldn't find a reason why, um, but yeah. So, and, and that's kind of surprising, particularly because the, um, How Do I Live was actually nominated for a Grammy and an Oscar. Well, that's so it. So it's, it's, I thought it would be on there. Yes, yeah, strongly not. tied to this movie. But look, it probably just mm. came down to like licensing, like depending on, you know, where the music yeah. is, uh, is linked to. And it's like, hey, look, you can have it for your movie, but, you know, you ain't distributing it distributing it on a uh, compilation thing so yeah yeah who knows but look yeah look they did a pretty pretty decent job i guess yeah. <laughs> it is it yeah. was fun <laughs> it was the, fun. The, yeah it's like my closing comment on like score and soundtrack and stuff like the score i think just kind of keeps the pace going with it like it's it is very high tempo music 
and like we said like you know some pretty heavy guitar like heavy distorted guitar riffs and it is like you know that whole you know just just before the uh the battle scene in the in the in the um air, like boneyard ship air, whatever you want to call it or where all the broken planes are whatever yeah um like that you know that there's you know the the reinforcements they're coming they're about five minutes away or whatever and then the score is what kind of keeps that pace going like throughout that whole sequence as they're preparing to fight and all that um and i guess that's how it's it's purpose of it is you know it's not really there to kind of keep catchy kind of theme in your mind it's more about setting the tone and setting the pace and then running with it and that's what i feel i feel it does a, a good job at doing that as well well this movie you know as we mentioned like it is very it's action orientated and there's lots of action happening all the time um and i'll be the first one to admit that i'm like look a lot of it just sort of drowned out for me nothing really <laughs> i'll be honest not much of it actually stood out to me to keep my attention drawn to be like wow this is great i mean look like a few little <laughs> fight scenes and bits between particular characters are like yeah cool yeah. um obviously like the plane in vegas um sort of crashing and you know like yeah. going into the building which is again like a visual delight i was like it was pretty cool again everything was sort of filmed well produced well it looked nice um mm-hmm. but I, I do know that you know like people obviously have an appreciation for this movie and for the reason being like the scenes that um you know the the action uh what they give us in the action so i'll let you talk yeah. what what were your sort of like as an action movie like what made this movie great to you for you <laughs> um so it's pacing i think because pretty much breakneck the whole whole way through but i think i think it's because like because it's such a silly movie because it is mismade so well so all this like standout scenes and stuff like the the prison breakout on that plane itself like it's like it's a well-executed plan and you don't really see it coming you don't really know how it's going to happen or anything like that and as it's unfolding it's quite entertaining to watch you know um pinball kind of spew up this thing and the guys are like pulling pins out of their hands and and just really unfolds really quickly in the space of a minute and a half it's like um you know or whatever they've taken the plane over and it's a it's a thrill ride um the the airfield battle like you go you go from like it just jumps from so many things it jumps from hang on they're meeting a drug dealer in the plane and then all of a sudden that plane's crashed and then all of a sudden they're pulling the plane out of the dirt oh no sorry it happens the other way around they're trying to they don't believe it's coming so they don't pull the plane out and then the plane takes off and crashes and then like and then in the mix midst of all of that they decide that they're going to make their stand and set up an ambush and all that and it literally it's 30 seconds or a minute in the movie it takes to explain what's going on but they do it well enough that you know what's happening and then as it all unfolds, you're like, it all goes according to Cyrus's plan and all of that. It's just a really cool sequence. There's other little bits and pieces that, that just like little gem scenes that I just kind of appreciate, even if they're not, you know, they're not the best filmmaking in the world or anything. But like I put it here in the notes, like pinball drops in, right? What I mean by that is where well, you, you've got just that old couple in their car. It's Don S. Davis <laughs> from Stargate. And they're just having a chat. Then a bird shits on the window, and all. And this is all happening while you know that there's a body falling. You know that he's coming down, and all you can see is this, this old dude just having a whinge about bird shit on his window. And then she says, "Oh, it's good luck." Ah. 
And then they take off and all of a sudden he just lands straight in the front of the car. But it's not just that, like then they're, they're in the middle of an intersection. So all these cars hit them from all like he's just gone from saying that he got bird shit on his brand new, like brandly washed car, freshly washed car, and then all of a sudden his car's just totaled. And I just thought it was very funny. It's a funny sequence. It's I don't know why. It's just but it, it, it just it's a little gem to me. I, I appreciate it. Now look, I, I'll admit there, like there are moments like that in this movie where it's sort of just like it's so yeah. outlandish and crazy that it's just like, like you know, the car and, flying behind the plane, like that sequence. Yeah. You just like it's just you either you smirk <sighs> or you you have a little bit of a giggle. Yeah. Where you're just like that is. That's and that's what it is. A little, it's a it's a little giggle. It's like yeah, that stupid like Agent Malloy. He's a Dick, so yeah, you deserve your car to be destroyed, like smashed. And then the way that um, um, John Cusack says, like, "Hey, I, I know a good body shop," <laughs> and, and you're like, like at the end when they're kind of coming together, like, I guess you know, getting on with each other. Um, it's I don't know, it's just so over the top and unreal, you know, <laughs> like, yeah. But you wouldn't the... steal someone's like a hundred thousand dollar car. You would be absolutely devastated if you destroyed it. You wouldn't just be like casually throwing away, like, oh, I know a body shop. I don't know. <laughs> it's just it's just funny stuff, fun stuff. Is I it mean, real? No, that's, no. That's way. the magic and the charm of it all. All right, that will do it. I think let's move into our our quiz that we do. And today I've got I've got a couple mm. questions. Uh, you rob so um 10 questions approximately 30 seconds um no time like the present (laughs) let's do it you ready do it yeah all right we'll just start what was casey dressed as for halloween i can't remember oh god you're gonna get me on these oh maybe what does what does the man who is trying to get Trisha to join them tell Cameron is a regular what? Oh shit, mate! No, I don't know. Join them where? Where? Oh, in like the... in the you know the the you know early on in the movie when they you know at the, the bar in the pub. Yeah, when the guys. Oh, it's, are... it's... I, no, I can't remember. Says, I can't remember what he says. You're a regular. I know, I know what you're saying. Yep, I know okay, exactly cool. where, no, when we'll, we'll move on. We'll no, move on. Can't remember. What city is the bar in where Trisha works? It's in Alabama somewhere. I'll give you that one. We'll just say it's in Alabama. (laughs) (laughs) Um, All right. Um, What is the Special Forces slogan? Oh, God. I got no idea. (laughs) These are things like... Is this too hard? These are things I did not pay attention to, ever. <laughs> uh, fifty times did you say? Fifty times. Um, what does uh, what does Cameron Poe say as he enters Las Vegas? Fever, Las Vegas. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> you got me. You got me, uh, got me on guard now. Um, how many how many life sentences is Billy Bedlam serving? Seven consecutive, isn't it? Incorrect. Or is that right? No. No, incorrect. Oh, damn. Damn. Heck, incorrect, Rob. How many men jump Cameron Poe outside of the bar? Three men. 
three, correct. I really like this bar scene. I feel like I, <laughs> I, I started my quiz questions early. <laughs> um, what answer does Cameron Poe give Johnny23 when asked, what am I? So ask that question again. What, what answer does Cameron Poe give Johnny23 when asked, what am I? I don't know. Okay, <laughs> that's all right. We'll come. I know back. what you're talking about, but I'm not trying to place that particular I also know dialogue. What, I'm yeah. <laughs> um, what else you got? Just checking that I haven't had too many questions. Uh, eight, nine, ten. Nope, still got ten. <laughs> I, I might have written too many. <laughs> that's fine. What song does Garland Green sing with the little girl by the empty pool? Got the whole world in his hands. Correct. There you go. You remember the creepy scenes, I see. I'm not going <laughs> to think anything of that. Um, Pinball Parker was convicted of what? Um, it was drugs and it was heroin um, trafficking, I think, and something else. I can't remember what else. I'm going to have to say incorrect on that one. I'm afraid. Oh, boom. I'm afraid. Boom. Mate. You got four out of ten. You got four out of ten. Let's blitz through these answers for those playing at home as well. Um, (laughs) Casey dressed as a cat for Halloween. Okay. Um, Cameron Poe is a regular hound dog. Regular hound dog. Yes. Um, I gave you this one as a correct answer, Alabama, but um, more specifically, um, Mobile, Alabama, is where okay is the is the city in which the bar is that Trisha works at. Um, The Special Forces slogan is Rangers lead the way. Yeah, okay. Um, I also gave you this correct answer for Viva Las Vegas. It is technically what Cameron Post says in in its entirety is, well, Viva Las Vegas. Again, not an an impression, just a bit of a... (laughs) Bit of a tone change there. Well, um, Viva Las Vegas. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, you know, I still gave you the points for it. Um, Billy Bedlam is serving eight life sentences. Eight. Oh. Yeah, very close. Very close. Um mm-hmm. sorry, I'm just the Johnny 23 thing. I've the Johnny no 23. When asked, what am I? Ugly all day. Ugly all day. Oh, yeah, but so by so that's by Cameron Poe. I was thinking about the interaction with Cyrus. I was like, when do they? When does he talk about that? I was I mean, just trying to think. I mean, the it. question. The question was, what answer does Cameron Poe give Johnny Twenty Three when yeah, asked, I don't know. I was, "What am I?" I, don't know, I don't know. Too confused. Too confused. Ugly all day. Yeah. Okay, yeah, no. Stop trying to do Nick Cage. <laughs> Can't do it. Um. And Pimble Parker convicted of armed robbery and arson oh really yes sweet cool anyway thanks so that was stumping me on a movie that i've seen so many that was an experience that was an experience um my apologies (laughs) um on that though let's uh let's move this towards our you know our our final legs of this episode um let's give our rating and you can go first mr i've seen this movie 50 times and only got four out of ten uh i'm sorry (laughs) that was high (laughs) i was gonna open you're gonna ask me some other questions because i had a whole bunch of other trivia bits and pieces kind of in my mind there but um the uh so anyway this movie like perfect movie nah realistic movie nah not really um is, is it, it a movie? Fun? Nah. <laughs> is it fun? Yeah, it really is, I think. Um, is it good quality? The action sequences are 
the dialogue is terrible. It's all over the top, but I really, really like the, um, I actually feel like there's a chemistry between the actors. So I feel like, so it's not real in any way, but it's, there's, there's a dynamic there. Um, and like we said, like the good guys are the most bland out of all of them, but it's the bad guys. Like you watch it to see them interacting with, with, with Poe. Um, I, 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 I don't think it's as bad a movie as what I would, if, if I'd only just seen it now for the first time, like I usually do with these movies, I probably would be a bit more critical, but because this movie, I saw it at, like at, in, as the target audience, you know, it was, I was a teenager and this is definitely a teenager's movie. Um, there's no way around it. I'm not gonna like, it's not, it's not fucking a good movie, but it, it's definitely like a three. It's definitely a three. I'd actually go three and a half, Jace, like three and a half yeah. solidly. It sounds like. I even want to go a little bit more than that. But I I'm mean, you going. can rate it on your enjoyment of it. Even acknowledging no, the like, flaws, you can rate well, it on the, your enjoyment. So watching, watching it again, like what I didn't say at the top was that, you know, I have seen this movie so many times, but I hadn't seen it for quite a while since the last time I did see it. So. It, you know, there's a bit of a difference now when I look at it, and it is, you know, maybe a bit more critical on bits and pieces. So it's not, I don't high, hold it as, as high in regard as I used to, um, but it, I, it's still super entertaining. Like, I would still watch it again for sure. So it's definitely, I'll say three out of five. Three out of five, I'll settle on. The, the funny thing is, is that, like, all my points, right, that I'm about mm. to give pretty much line up and match your points. Like, the... The the writing and the dialogue is 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 just garbage. Look, there's some amazing one-liners and stingers, and I'm like, cool, I celebrate yeah. all of that. But it's like, generally speaking, yeah. like the the, dialogue, the interaction with just in conversations are pretty awful. Mm. Um, the performances are not great. They're mm. not great. There's some fun things to to be seen mm. and and again like the villain well, the villains like the, the the convict like the bad convicts are the ones that um mm. are making are bringing the entertainment um look uh yeah. malkovich is is a delight to watch um mm-hmm. i mean nick cage still has his charms in this the long hairs i can't believe we, we went this whole episode without even mentioning the <laughs> the the hair the, the hair blowing kind of oh, thing which that, is that gif, shot like you know like it's been jiffified it's been mean <laughs> you know maybe he's born yeah. with it um <laughs> crazy crazy times um production wise though this movie is actually like visually put together quite nicely mm. again mm. except for maybe that that very last fire truck chase scene which i'm just like oh i feel like they just kind of wanted to get everything over and done with almost as if it was the last thing they filmed i was like oh guys let's just let's just do this (laughs) let's just finish up other than that like it it all looks very polished Mm. but do you know what to be honest though watching it as an experiential event this was a bit of a drag to to, to get through (laughs) um I mean, it's one of those one of those films where I'm I'm a victim of um, my own. Uh, it's it's my own fault. Um, I watch this and I'm just like, because this movie is so stupid. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a lot of the action, like I don't care <laughs> about anything that's happening. So I'm watching this movie and it's like, 
because I'm not caring and they're not invested, um, I'm having moments of like, you know, little bits of joy, which mm. which makes me like it makes me understand like I get I get why this movie is beloved and has that following and has so many people yeah. enjoying it and I'm like cool and that's great yeah it's like eh, not for me I mean I'm curious <laughs> I'll I'll go back to Face Off and um because it's been a, it's been a while it hasn't been I'm really looking forward to watching Face Off after this I mean like, yeah it's probably been maybe a good ten years since I've watched Face Off but I'll be curious to see if um. If maybe I, <laughs> how I feel about it, because I remember like loving it, and like I said, Nick Cage, is, I think it, he yeah. can't really do wrong, even when he's doing very wrong. <laughs> um, but for <laughs> this one, like, honestly, like yeah, it didn't really work for me for the most part. So I'm going to come in at a two out of five for Connie. Two out of five. <laughs> for Connie. Two out of five. <laughs> um, oh, far out. So now I've got to wrap but, this up really quickly before um, before people come after me and. Uh, <laughs> Well, did, yeah. did you have any <laughs> final thoughts there? Look, no, or no, a no rebuttal. I, agree. I, I, rebuttal. I agree. No, no, I agree, and I accept it. Um, and uh, yeah, like I'm, I'm just glad that I watched this movie when I was young. When I, when it, when it actually probably held, held, like has a little bit more of an impact. So, because um, <laughs> I get to keep that in my memory. But um, yeah, it's not a great movie. It's just fun. It's fun. It's just fun. All right. So that was our rewind to 1997. Con Air. Yep. Uh, we hope you enjoyed this episode of Rewind and Review. As always, we'll remind you that any feedback, either positive or negative, or any Rewind requests uh, can be sent to us via email at thatfilmstewpodcast at gmail.com. Or you can reach out to us on either That Film Stew or Rewind and Review's Facebook pages. Like and follow these pages whilst you're at it. And subscribe and leave us a review on SoundCloud and Apple Podcasts as it does Mm -hmm. help others like yourself find the podcast. That's right. Now, if you're wondering what our next episode of Rewind and Review is going to be, here's a little clue. Oh, honey, that's great. But the very best thing is that he listens to you. Because nothing means more than for a man to... How did the pig tracks get on the ceiling? Spider pig, spider pig, does whatever a spider pig does. Can he swing from a web? No, he can't. He's a pig. Look out, he is a spider pig. All right. Still waiting for the sequel for this one. Uh, when are we getting <laughs> that second film? But, um, <laughs> yes, thank you for, for listening. We'll obviously see you when we when we do that uh, next movie. Uh, this has been another rewind and review. See you on our next trip. See you. Please rewind this cassette before returning it to your video library.